0: This is Courtney. This is Kimberly. You are
1: listening to the show within the show, living on the L edge. Come live with us. We're talking about the road to recovery and sobriety and how to vibe and maintain a happy and healthy lifestyle.
0: Hey, welcome to the Sober Vibes podcast, but today in the Sober Vibes podcast, we have the show within the show called Living on the L-Edge, if you are new here. That is my sister, Kimberly, and I talk the talk. You are listening to episode 116, sister. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? We have a great conversation today. We are going to talk about the best way to repair relationships that you have damaged while in active addiction. Hot Ooh. damn. But before that, Kim, what's the good word?
1: Nothing. It's a lovely Saturday here in Detroit, Michigan. The sun's out, y'all. Mm. Like, sun's what a, out, guns out.
0: What a saving grace, even though it's been like two degrees, but that the sun's been out.
1: Yeah, freezing. Freezing. Too much. The other night I couldn't get an Uber and I sent my sister a picture of me just walking down an alley, my famous alleys. I used to love to roam and it was a blizzard. And mm-hmm. then I was going to have to walk home. It was terrible. And I just had my bomber jacket. But thank God, someone who I worked with saw me walking and was like, what in the fuck are you doing? Get in the car. God bless yeah. that man and his Impala. God
0: bless him. Thank you for picking up my sister because she would have froze to death.
1: I would have just given up and laid down. I can't. I don't do well under extreme conditions. Sometimes I'm a bit dramatic. Well, I mean, it was cold. That picture,
0: like you could tell, like I tapped on it because it was one of those live photos. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I hated it. That's like, why do we continue to live in this?
1: I don't know because the summers are pretty rad.
0: Yeah, Pierre Michigan is. If you haven't visited the state or live in it, it is from about May to I mean, yeah, but I will even give it till like the end of the year. It's just the January and February and April where it's like these gray days.
1: What about March? You skip March.
0: Oh, I meant March. Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I've been solo parenting for a couple of days, so it's just in yesterday. I didn't tell you yesterday that end of this, like, it wasn't a bad day. It just was the pits. <laughs> but we ended it. I, will, I had a migraine from 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. My poor child watched way too much TV yesterday. And then, Kim, we ended the day. He got a fat. He bit his lip because he fell. And I will show you how puffy, like, his little lip is. It was terrible. I'm like, oh, oh my
1: God. My little gonna- dictator.
0: Yeah, the dictator. The dictator ate it yesterday. He has never cried that hard before, and I was like, "Oh my god, are we going to have to go get a stitch?" <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> and then oh
0: shit! After I put him to bed, I went and I ate a couple cookies in bed and just stared up at the ceiling. And I was like, "You did it,
1: bitch!" <laughs> you did it. We did it now. You did it. <laughs> yeah so he's coming i'm coming over tomorrow i can't wait how fun
0: some reinforcements he'll be excited i've been telling him you're coming over
1: yeah courtney's husband's in california so courtney's manning this ship alone for a minute (laughs) yeah and this is my first first time
0: with him by myself
1: yeah you're killing it killing the game
0: killing the game i had a little bit of anxiety but again all good
1: yeah, I'll come over tomorrow. I'm play. I got some dance, some choreograph that I've wound up for us. We'll listen to Snoop Dogg's "Children" record and vibe heavy.
0: Dude, I, sometimes I think that "Children's" record is like more for his adult fans. I'm not <laughs> kidding. So it is so good that affirmation song. I put it on for CJ the other day, and
1: I like got into it. I'm like, I am loved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. today is gonna be a beautiful day. Then you just say it back to yourself. My feelings. That's it, Snoop. They sure fucking do.
0: Yeah, he really did a good one with his doggy land album for the children. Right. Slay the game. Slayed the game. If you haven't already, make sure that you sign up for the coastal main trip in Ju- end of June of 2023. My sister and I are hosting a vacation. The link is in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes for you too. It's a Q&A just for questions you might have and the answers are all edit it about the trip, about your deposit, all of it. So I'm excited. I hope this happens. We, uh, First 10 people who sign up get $100 off of the trip. And then once those 10 people are signed up, the trip is confirmed because we need a minimum of 10 people to go on this. It's group travel.
1: It's group travel travel with the Ellie sisters. Let's mm-hmm. go. And how fun.
0: How fun. And then I we are going to do, there's three days that there will be a workshop incorporated into each day.
1: Yeah. Fantastic just tap in. We're going to do it. It'll be fun. So if you can make it happen for yourself, I think you should. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. It's
0: the year of stepping out, stepping out of the comfort zone.
1: Stepping out and stepping up and making some relationships with some people in a sober community, some like-minded females. Like, Let's go. Or males who's ever coming. Or however you identify. Whatever. We're down to clown. Let's go. We are down to clown. all right,
0: Kim, let's get on with this conversation today. So best way to repair relationships that you damage while you're in your active addiction. That one is a good one. And this is also this question topic came from a listener. Woof, where to start on this? Where to start on this? Okay yeah, where do you leave? Where to begin? That's I don't know. I <laughs> stop. <laughs> It is tough because you fucked up down the road somehow with hurting somebody, hurting multiple people, with in your active addiction and the decisions that you did during that time. And I think that what you have to first realize is one, you have to give yourself some grace here, two, you got to give some time. You cannot stop drinking or quitting and then one day and then day 2 you're like okay everything's cool <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't it does not that doesn't work i think too mainly i think where you would be begin would be pair your relationship with yourself cuz you fucked up you failed yourself you know yeah. what i mean you weren't obviously putting yourself first because you were in active addiction and so I think the main thing first is to repair the relationship with yourself and forgive yourself for treating yourself so poorly for however long. Yeah. So that, I think, is the first place to start is give yourself some grace, like my sister said, and fucking forgive yourself. Like and it is your it's an it's definitely an illness and you weren't living your best life and feeling good about yourself. So you're making very bad decisions. and. Yeah. So I think that would be the first thing and be accountable, admit to yourself some of the things that you did and hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Also, too, on top of that,
0: you're still going to make some bad decisions in the process of your recovery. Those bad decisions, again, just doesn't stop the day that you quit drinking alcohol or drugs no and i think that is a missing piece that's not talked about enough or not not talked about or discussed enough that there it's the whole you have to allow your in your actions to catch up with the person that you start becoming in your in your sober life sober and clean life right it's like when i had cj it took me a couple months to realize I was still stuck in that hospital. I was still stuck in the fact that I just pushed a human being out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's wild.
0: <laughs> and and I will never forget what the labor and delivery nurse told me in the whole process when I was in labor. And she walked me through every step and she was like, We're, we can put them on your chest. She's like, but if you need a minute, she was like, because it's going to take you a minute for your brain to catch up with what your body just did. Took a couple months and even go in because some days you're just going to go through the motions, right? So it's just like with what I'm saying with the choosing when you still are making unhealthy choices because that's in the process of recovery. So you really do have to give yourself like that time to catch up with who you currently are living. And it might not catch up until you're in like month three, month four, month five, month six of where continuing to make some shitty choices where you finally, it starts clicking and you're like, oh, okay. This no longer feels aligned with what I'm living with today.
1: Yeah. Here's a good example for me. So in mine, I was always like on the hustle, always on the move, always having to cover stories and lie. There was a lot of lies happening to cover my tracks. And so when my life caught up to me and I finally had to make a decision pretty much of whether I want to live or die, I after was like finding myself in that same pattern of behavior where I was making up stories for no reason. And then it's like, finally, one day it clicked. It's like, Kim, why are you? I had to say to myself, why did you just say that? Like, you're not doing anything wrong. Like, so there's no reason to be sitting here lying and to try to like, cover up stuff that's not meant to be you're not doing anything so it was just like a pattern of that my brain for so many years I mean we're talking like 20 years of always having to move and shake and I had to just I like there's no reason for it I had to stop and it was like very exhausting and but that was a pattern of behavior that my brain was just how it was used to moving I definitely had to unteach myself that and I had to stop over-explaining things, like I felt I had to, because I would over-explain to try to sell a story in act of addiction, and then I found myself doing it in my early days, and it's like, why are you over? First of all, that's fucking exhausting, and you're not doing wrong. And then I found myself over-explaining what comes back to the topic today of to repair, to like proof to my family and my close friends that I was on the right track and not doing anything. And then I just, I was working with my therapist and she's like, Kim, you don't, you no, nobody deserves like this huge explanation. Like you're good. You're working on you. You're on the right track. Like just stop. It's just going to take time. It's going to take time and people are going to have to see that you're on a new wave and you don't need to like, Oh, cause you're just hurting yourself. You're exhausting yourself. And right now you don't have a lot of energy to burn. So just relax, bitch. Yeah. So definitely give yourself grace. Let time
0: do its job. And then within that time period, at some point, and you have to do this when you're ready. But at some point, I really do believe that you have to make amends with people. I do not believe in making amends with people going back to 20 25 years, I really think you have to stay with what's who is relevant in your life. Or if somebody if you did hurt somebody back 10 years ago where it's fucked with you mentally, where you're like, oh man, I just didn't send well, then make your amends. But at some point, the people around you, and especially if you want to repair
1: these relationships, because that was what the question was, you have to speak. You have to have an uncomfortable conversation that is not gonna be fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's going to have you it's going to have you squirming in your underwears.
1: Yeah. In your skivvies. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's going to have you squirming and sitting shaking there shaking in your boots, shaking in your bootsies. like, but you got to do it because you have to face what you did, okay? Cuz at the end of the day, you can be like, yes, of course, and it was you were under the influence, but you were still that person. So you have to drop the, it was alcohol or it was drugs. It was like you as the person have to take the responsibility. And with that, addressing a person that has changed behavior of you being accountable for what you did, and then it's on them to receive it how they receive it and do with it what they will. And then it's time. I'm going to say this, too. And Kim, you know this. Some relationships you severed in your active addiction days, there's no repairing. Because yeah. both, par- both parties have moved on. And it's just one thing. Be- it, and that's the whole thing. It's, yes, you can say this stuff. But that person might just be at the point where they're like, there was a lot of damage that was done. And I've moved on with my life without you in it.
1: Well, yeah, you have to manage your expectations. And this is too. where this disease, it's very eye driven. And you have to be okay if so much damage was done, just because you finally decide to get like, to get your shit together and want to be the healthiest version of yourself does not mean that anybody owes you anything. Yeah. So it's like, because and it's hard. It's like, you're fighting a battle of your life, but it's like sometimes I've watched people. Well, I'm doing everything I can and fighting for my life, this, that, and then get like resentful and mad at someone because they're not like, they're not okay with the apology or they don't want a relationship. And that's also like a reality. So you definitely have to go in in some relationships knowing like, dude, damage was done, trust was broken. You definitely. This disease hurts other people, not just yourself. Like it, it makes families fall apart. It is strange. It estranges children from their kids. Like so, a lot of emotional damage is done. So just because like you are starting to get healthy and better, does not mean everybody has to accept what you give them. It's Mm -hmm. a hard pill to swallow. It, It hurts, but at the end of the day, it is you and your addiction that has made it these relationships be the way that they are. I'm blessed. I know my sister's also blessed with our family, like our family unit, and like her husband and stuff where like some, some of my closest friends, Courtney's closest friends with her story, like they definitely rode hard for us. And I'm lucky that my people have always like stuck by when I did apologize and tell everyone that I love them and I'm sorry and that they don't have to worry anymore. And it's just Things are going to be different. Like, I'm lucky that they stood by me. But it's not the case in in a lot of people's stories.
0: It's not. But then you too have to, you also have to, that's what to where I go back with the making amends from like 20, 25 years ago. Because I have had, I've had fallouts with friendships in, in my early 20s that had to do with drinking. And I did make an amend with this one person, and we were best friends for a very long time. And I mourned it. I grieved the friendship. I accepted it for what it was and respected a person's boundary. But then also, too, within the years of recovery, I'm like, would we even be friends today?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I don't like.
0: I'm just, well. Right. That's the whole thing. So you have to look at it too. There's a lot of angles, and there's more than just one answer to this question. But there's a lot of angles to look at this of what is right and what is wrong. And oh, it,
1: actually, sorry to cut you off. I remember <clears throat> I did try to repair a relationship, and this was with somebody who I was with and I was with him for a long time. And he had been through it with me. And he really like, he took care of me. And he knew that there was a problem. It was an issue in our relationship. But I had my sister had to pretty much tell him like the drugs that I was doing. And he was, (laughs) he did not know it was to that extreme. And he was shocked. He found me overdosed in my apartment and was like, with me in the hospital and everything and Courtney and my dad and my brother flew out and Courtney like pretty much had to tell him like what the what was and the man was shook. He was shook. I'll never forget the look on his face. Cuz
0: what? I just think that his mouth was dropped open.
1: <laughs> yeah, like couldn't even believe it. So, cuz I was did great at hiding. Like I did great at like hiding a certain certain drug from him. And that drug was crack cocaine, y'all. Could you imagine? I don't think we ever... Well, I never shared with him because I didn't know at the time.
0: Unless he's listened to this podcast. During that time, she was smoking
1: crack in a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) had no clue. In a dumpster. (laughs) Zero clue. Uh, My life was a dumpster at that time. So he... Whatever. It comes full circle. I moved back to Michigan and we were like talking after I moved back and it just fizzled out. And then I ended up in jail. And for a few months, I was like, I had done the man dirty. I really liked him and as a friend, known him forever and just wanted to like give, say my peace to him. I had a letter that I wanted him to read because at this point he like he found out I was in jail because that mugshot was circulating like hotcakes throughout a whole community. And I wanted to give him a letter and he told, I called him from jail and he told me he didn't want it. He didn't want to read it. He didn't want any part of it and like hung up on me. And so when you're in jail sitting alone, you're just like, that was like, well, I want to tell you these things. And he's like, I don't want to hear it. But now being a more healed version of myself he had to pr- he was putting down a boundary he had to protect himself from me so mm-hmm. i see that now i get it but at that point i couldn't like wrap my head around like how dare him that he didn't want to read like this very heartfelt like apology letter mm-hmm. and needed some space he's and then a couple years passed and Called and reached out and said, What's up? And like, it's all good. Like, he knows I'm doing well, and is, but he definitely had to protect his peace when it came to me because it was probably a fucking nightmare for him. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And now I see it now. I do. Right. But that's healing on your part. That's growth, man. But I didn't at the time. It was very ego driven and I was like mad at him. Mm -hmm. And it, but now I understand it. And shout out. You little son of a bitch. Thank you for taking care of me all those years. Yeah, I even say thank you, too, even though him and I went through it. But but I do mean that. I do mean but that. But you cause. were also an active addiction and you weren't easy for him to deal with either because sometimes he had to deal with both of us. So oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, I can't even I can't even believe that he even found me attractive to even want to have sex with me with some <laughs> of the fucking shit that he'd see like go on like a fucking nightmare.
0: Oh, man. Well. This is the thing. (laughs) It's okay. I gotta get this vision out of my head now. All right, but as I said, that was growth on your part to see that, and that's in the healing process. That's why talking about this for the good people of the world to hear. If if you're in a place where you're like, yeah, do I repair it? Do I not? You have to do what works for you. But just be ready for that person on the other end. The expectations they might not want to hear it, and that's okay. You just continue to move on. Yeah. Don't
1: get stuck in it. Grieve it and keep it moving and respect other people's boundaries. Don't push. Like if they know the sentiments there and like if they feel like coming to hear it, but you can't don't force it on people because it, a lot of hurt and a lot of damage was done. And sometimes people, if they're like a healed version of themselves, have to implement boundaries to protect themselves. Like you just... Yeah. Manage your expectations. And it's okay. It's okay. And some relationships are like seasons. They pass. They're not meant to be in your life forever. All you can do is try. That's it.
0: Yeah. And I had somebody do that to me when this is just later in years, but I can speak to that other side too of just being like, this person had made their amends with me. (gasps) Where I was at too, it's like, I just had Colin. I received a nice letter. I read it. And then because this is where you have to understand, too, on the other side, it's like you don't know what people are going through on their life. And that's the receiving end. I appreciated the gesture, but and I sent this person a text and said that because but I just said at this point, I and just have to stay in at this point. I can't have that one on one conversation with you because I am just a couple months into my postpartum into the fourth trimester. Right. Cause that was even reading that letter at that time was a lot of energy to take on and just like trying to focus on reading words when you're sleep deprived. Right. And, but I appreciated, but because I received that, though, same thing with it was a boundary. It's just like, do I want this friendship back in my life? And the answer was no. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, and thank you. It's just one of those things, as you said, going with the seasons, people are in your life. Not everybody's meant to stay in your life forever. And I really do think with some people who have friendships that have longevity, it's because both people worked on it together, right? Mm-hmm. And to, I think those longevity friendships, it's almost like a soul connection yeah. of-, of being with somebody like that for a long time and just in friendships and having them in your life and yeah. always continuing, like a lot of people that you don't have to talk to. My draining friends, I don't have in my life anymore.
1: No, it's too much. Oh, here's a good one, too, of having to repair a relationship that I, my parents, I didn't really give a shit, like because a lot of damage was done on the other side. So, like, I've had my mom was very supportive when I got out of jail and she'd take me to my parole office and. I was very thankful for for her and my parents. My parents are cool. They're with the shit. Like so they would we had our mom on the podcast, which was actually a really good episode. If you guys go back and listen to that or if you haven't heard it. But my mom gives her perspective on how it was watching her two daughters in an addiction. I had a conversation with my parents, so we're all good there. My siblings were all like a bunch of savages, so they just like love me unconditional, So we're good there. But I did have to have a conversation of a relationship that I did care about. I was shaking in my boots with Mm -hmm. my sister's husband. (laughs) I had to meet that son of a bitch (laughs) at Buddy's Pizza. And I was nervous. I was nervous because he has been through it. And my new... I've obviously been there through Courtney and Matt's whole relationship. And Matt was there in the early days of like their dating when Courtney and I were in active addiction together. The man's seen some shit and he knows the whole family history. He knows it all. I had to, it was a relationship that was important to me to repair because obviously with my sister, like I have to have her in my life, like need. So I had to come correct and she's married. So I have to respect that she's married and I didn't want it to be hard on her. Like with how much we talk and how much money we spend and then have her husband like sitting there and like not involved and her having to tiptoe around him with like our relationship. I didn't, that wasn't fair for her. And it wasn't, wouldn't have been fair to Matt. And I want a relationship with him because he's a cool cat, man. So I had to meet him at Buddy's Pizza and it was, I was scared. I was nervous and we bullshitted for a minute. And then I was pretty much like, Like let's get into the shit so we can enjoy this pizza. So I'm not like nervously eating it. We had a great conversation. It ended well, and Matt got an apology from me that he deserved. He needed it because he's just he didn't he knew my sister, but he didn't sign up for two maniacs. So I uh, he deserved an apology, and I gave it to him, and I felt good doing it because he's a good person, and so. I didn't, I didn't do that for me. I did it for him because he deserved it because he's always shown up and has been a real one and has some other strained relationships with our side of the family with he wasn't treated and, I, and Matt's like a dope dude. Some of the behavior that he's gotten thrown from my family it has not been deserved. And so I knew that was the right thing to do, but I was early on and I was scared because you got to be fully vulnerable and accountable. Yeah. and my brother-in-law is, can be a prick, prick, which I love that about him. So I didn't know how the conversation was going to go. I'm used to moving into shaking and like people usually, my personality type, it, I didn't learn a lot of lessons because people didn't stay mad at me for long because it was hard to because of me, like, so it's a blessing and a curse, but I didn't know because I didn't know with Matt because he's a tough, he's a tough shell to crack, but we got him y'all
0: yeah we yes. got him and i do appreciate you doing that because it was it was needed
1: yeah it was needed it was I'm needed. Not a fucking asshole i'm not a savage <laughs> i am but i know when someone's a good person and they're showing up wholeheartedly and i my presence is making it their life difficult. I don't want to ever be that way with somebody and my existence to be problematic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, that was one where I had to go and like fully making an amends and be accountable. And Ellen was tough. Kim was Kim
0: was shaking in her bootsies in that one. But you know what? Today they have a great relationship. And Matt will come home and it's like, have you talked to your sissy today? He Like, of course. And it's like, oh, I asked, how was she? They text each other a couple weeks ago. They hung out without me. So it's just, it's, that's the thing though, right? There's a couple sides of this. It's like, you can repair relationships and move on. It doesn't have to be like, I don't ever, the avoidance and not face it. And then live with that, like, what if for so long? Because life is short. My ex before Matt. I always, that was one I always felt bad for about the way I acted in that relationship because I did know he cared. And I never got to tell him because he passed away uh, a few years back. And it's one of those things, if it's in your gut to be like, I want to make amends with a person, do it. Even if it's an email, even if you don't even know how to get a hold of them write a letter and then burn it and just like get it off of your chest and put it out there if it means something to you and it's eating away at your soul. Cause at the end of the day, it's about you and cleansing yourself of releasing that shame that was holding that attaches itself to you and your active addiction.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you are on a new wave and decide that you want to live a new life and be and heal and grow. The possibilities are endless. So you have the opportunity to design your life, however. And like that shame cycle, like really it's about forgiveness. And Courtney used the word avoidance, like you just got to face it. I know it's tough. The conversations are difficult people. It's rough. So just rip the bandaid off and do it because it's to avoid and put things off. You're only hurting yourself and the anxiety gets going and you make it into something bigger that it doesn't have to be when all you got to do is be vulnerable and accountable. And that's, that's it. And don't make it harder than it has to be.
0: Yeah. And just low expectations.
1: Hey, I would love to share with you something that
0: I think could work great for you. Imagine you just got sober. You're working your program, checking in with a recovery, sober coach, checking in with your sponsor, maintaining your employment and thriving. Now imagine none of your closest friends or family believe you. This is why I'm sharing this because early on in my sobriety, There was a couple of times Matt didn't believe that I was sober. So much trust is lost during active addiction and it can be hard to convince loved ones that things are different, that you're different. This is where SoberLink can help. SoberLink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you sustain a sober lifestyle while rebuilding trust with loved ones. Small enough to fit in your purse or pocket and discreet enough to use in public. SoberLink devices combine facial recognition, tamper detection, and real time results. So friends and family know instantly that you're sober and working towards your recovery goals. As a sober coach, I really can't think of a better tool to maintain accountability, strengthen community, improve sobriety to loved ones. Now, you might be thinking like, do I really need this? And honestly, it's different for everybody. I know quite a few people who have had to use this or something like this to prove to their spouses and or family members that they are sober. This does not just affect the person who is the drinker. I mean, a lot of damage happens during your active addiction and accountability needs to take place. And with this tool, you can show that. Let's make 2023 a memorable one. Please visit www.soberlink.com forward slash sober dash vibes to sign up and receive $50 off your device. The link is in the show notes. Check it out. If you do get this device, please feel free to reach out and let me know how it has
1: helped you in your sober journey. Yeah. And if someone has something to say, don't get defensive. You open your heart and listen and receive what they're saying because that is their truth and their story. And this is an ugly fucking disease. It one, it kills people and it's very damaging. Damages not just you, but everyone around you because it gets gnarly, as we all know. Tough. It's a tough one, but yeah, accountable and just that's all you can do. Like you can't change the past. So you just gotta. Work with what you have now and right. manage your expectations because sometimes people, th- th- they'll be done with you. And that's okay, too.
0: Because But with managing your expectations, you have to realize, too, on the other end of that is why managing your expectations are good. Because you actually could be trying to repair a relationship with somebody who is not healthy. And someone who might sit there and point the finger at you and tell you that what you, you bring you down. And that's where it's like, okay, like it's it just sometimes there's just some relationships that just don't, you don't even want when you have changed because so much changes in a sober life and recovery and what you have to do to protect your own peace And some of those relationships cannot come with you. But on the other side, and the repairing, you have to figure out in that repairing, which ones you want to repair with first. And that is one more thing that I will say, and we'll just close this out. But don't try to repair all of these relationships at
1: once. No. What are you trying to fucking give yourself a (laughs) mental breakdown? A menti bee? No. We don't want you to end up in shady pines. Chill out. Absolutely not one thing at a time fuckers oh Relax. my god kim just said mtb no menti b um no mental breakdowns i almost had a menti b last night at work fucking <laughs> jesus christ but, but that's for another time these people are savages i swear to god
0: i know that poor restaurant industry has just completely shifted and people have to. So sad. Oh, the world has changed. The world has changed. Yeah. So, in the world of 2023, don't give yourself a menti breakdown. A menti beat. We ain't having it over here. We're not. So, like, take write a list. Okay, and just which ones that you want to just one at a time, one at a time. And if you need a couple months in between the first and the second one, take it because you emotionally, you were putting out a lot. That first conversation, that conversation that Kim described, you're going to have that. And like mentally preparing yourself to like sit down with someone eye to eye to say, I am sorry for what I did. It's a lot. So protect your peace, protect your energy and just keep on moving forward.
1: I swear to God at Buddy's, like when I was starting the conversation with Matt, fucking 10 cheese sticks were gone in a matter of, I was stress eating. I was like, he's like, are you hungry? I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm hungry in my head. I'm just like trying to self-soothe with fried cheese, like a heifer. <laughs> oh, God. How crazy. But here we are. We're doing it. So yeah, here we are. Oh, God. I have to now tell. Pony Boy's like my best friend. One of my biggest supporters, so it's true. Well, cool. I just need to find now my gift to Papa. L- oh, 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 let me say this: what the living
0: on the edge series? Kim brought it up. She's like, we should do something together, okay? And I was like, yeah, that would be like awesome. And I'm not even shitting you. Like two later, two days later, Papa P came home. Matt has like 25 nicknames for us. Yeah, <laughs> Papa P comes home. And he said to me, "He's like, I was thinking on the way home. He's like, you and your sister really should do a podcast together." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Well, I just he's like, I think it would be good for you guys to do something together, and I think it would be well received and keep bringing awareness. Like, and it would, I think it would be good for you and Kim." And so, with him saying that, I took that as a sign from the universe of being like, "Okay, let's do it." So, like. Five years prior to that, Bobby would
1: have ever suggested doing anything with my sister. No, he wouldn't even suggest us having water together, let alone fucking having a podcast. Not a fan. I will never forget the time we moved you out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys, I was in jail. I was locked up and courtney god bless her which my sister was a fucking my sister is a fucking ride or die like she really is because she when i was in jail like she fucking held down my life she like had shit organized put money on my books like courtney was like living the life with me she was a prison wife she was my prison wife (laughs) and but i was living in this house in ferndale And she, when I got locked up, that's where I was living. So Courtney had to go and pretty much move out my life and move everything there. And I was living with this girl. I didn't really, I didn't know her at all. And I moved in. And while I was in jail, she was rummaging through my shit.
0: And she was
1: an asshole going through my stuff. She stole some money from me. Like she's a loser. She Um, she
0: wanted, Kim had this table. Like Matt and I are moving and out. She was like, You're not leaving the table. And I was like, no, this isn't yours. And she was like, well, I thought she would give it to me for all I've been through. And I was like, do you have, do you want to call her? (laughs) Call her in jail right now, please. It was her table,
1: bitch. Yeah. And that was a vintage, like one of those aluminum tables from like the fifties. And that thing cost me a lot of money. Like, bitch, you're not getting my table, you fucking scrub. Anyway, so when she was going through my shit, she had found a couple crack pipes that were up in my room. And because uh obviously I started smoking crack again. And so in one of her ploys in front of my sister and Matt, how she wanted this table, she pretty much was like, if you don't leave the table, I'll call the police and show them these. And then she presented the evidence of two crack pipes. And Pony Boy probably just wanted to fucking faint like just
0: disgusted i told her i said you can call them i'm taking this i said she's in jail they already got her what what do you what are you gonna do this right is, this
1: is actually on your property now <laughs> and dude we're not dumb like who's? those aren't mine what are you talking about those are in your hands i'm daring like who the fuck do you think you're fucking with just some basic fucking white bitches like those are not not ours. That's why I told her. I was like, this is Dick your shit. property.
0: She was the worst. But going back to the story, she was not nice. And and Matt and I in that year were not in a good place at all. And like, but God bless the man. God bless him. He showed up and he helped me. And but yes,
1: when she busted out those crack pipes, <laughs> I think Matt like went white. <laughs> Matt never seen a crack pipe a day in his life. You're welcome, Matt. Jesus. We're showing you some fucking (laughs) the highs and the lows. And that was definitely a low. The low. So
0: that's what I'm so that's where though and forgiveness comes into play on everybody's parts and just moving forward in the time and consistent action on the person who had the problem. You got to keep showing up even on the days where you're like, fuck, you got to keep showing up and keep and keep showing
1: the changed behavior. Yeah. And not that you have to prove anything to anyone, like, yeah. but you just like can time and consistent, consistent behavior and growth like that you're willing to change. And then people like start to ease into you a little more and we'll get out of that fight or flight response when you're around and can like, like, cause also it's like, Got to realize how your energy affects people because they're just they're protecting their peace. They're protecting themselves. And but yeah, so we've come a long way from we've come a long way. From yeah. fucking Matt seeing some crack pipes to suggesting Courtney and I do a podcast together here. We have arrived. Here we are. Life is
0: good. Here we are. So thanks, Papa P. Thanks, Universe, for the push. Great conversation today, Kim. We also want to share with you. Kim and I need your help. Help us, please. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes. We have been placed on the ballot for... It's a, a magazine called The Hour Detroit, and it's the best of series for 2023. And Sober Vibes podcast is on there. And of course, the Sober Vibes podcast... Kimmy and I show is in this and also for social media influencer for Courtney Anderson, which helps with the Silver Vibes podcast page. So we need your votes. Click the link below and let's win this motherfucker. And we cannot yeah. do it without you guys because you continue to click on this weekly and listen to us and send us such incredible dms i'm not even kidding you kim and i always screenshot them and send them to each other or send an email i always share all of the feedback always with kim and i said to kim a couple weeks ago i said i can tell people listen by the way that they say i love you and you're sissy because it's our our term
1: for each other sissy sissy
0: so we just love hearing back from you guys, even if this podcast just gives you a laugh while you're walking outside or it just brings a smile to your face. That's all we want. It's just to put some good in the world and in some awareness around addiction, sobriety, recovery, around Kim and I's story and to healing and growth. There's so much that goes under this topic, this umbrella, I should say.
1: It is. There's a lot of layers to the shit, man. Like it is not it's a wild ride, but it's worth it. And you're worth it. And it's and people think, you know, as soon as they like stop their drug of choice or behavior, that's problematic. Like it does not that it does not. Just automatically give you a changed life. Like you got to put in a lot of work. It's tough. I always say it's the fight of your life, but it's worth it. And but fuck, there's still I'm still fucking paying a therapist. There's shit that I'm still dealing with from fucking years ago, and it it's a lot of work. And but I'm willing to put in the work because I want to in this next act of my life. When I have a good one, it's worth it. But there there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of psychology to it, and we're. Courtney and I every day have conversations about like certain things and I'm like Courtney's way better at like timelines obviously you all know and so I'm like does that make sense and she's like yep that makes a lot of sense because we like sometimes have to break down our family dichotomy and throw it out there I was like well is this why I'm doing this and is it because of this like a certain aspect of our childhood or because she remembers a little bit more than me I blocked a lot of years out. And I did that to protect myself, obviously, but there's some things I don't remember. I don't remember a good chunk of my childhood. So I have to like go back and Courtney's like my time traveler. She'll tell me. That's trauma brain too.
0: That, you know, when you black out chunks and people don't remember, like, and if you're listening to this, then you're like, I don't remember timelines it's most likely because of trauma, some type of trauma. So just don't beat yourself up on that because I have a good friend who also, too, does not remember a lot. And she had some trauma in her life. And it's that. And it's science. All the science is coming out on Trauma Brain and has been out here for years.
1: But I will time travel any day for you, sister. Thank you. You're for gonna. my welcome. Bu- trauma Brain's a bitch. I'll start writing a timeline of my <laughs> Please, I need like a cardboard, a PowerPoint presentation for one day. If you're not around to answer my questions because you're like traveling or doing something, and I'm like, God damn it, where's Courtney? Oh shit! All right, so
0: if you can vote for us for the Best of Detroit, we would greatly appreciate it. Like I said, it just helps us more and more to keep growing and growing. Because one day, my sister and I want to do a full time living on the ledge show. We do that. We, we do. are
1: manifesting that.
0: We're manifesting it. So be a great in studio maybe get some like bright neon lights behind us excuse us hell
1: yeah well we got to speak it it's happening it has happened kim it has happened we're here for it i I want what all right what would you want one of your neon signs to say i don't know (laughs) do you what do you i know kim wants to have a picture
0: where she's like choking me out
1: like she no, keeps Kung, bringing, Kung Fu chopping you in the neck and you like falling.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what Kim wants like our podcast art to be. <laughs> so you guys vote on that. What would you like the living on the L edge podcast art to be? <laughs> Cause that would be it. I don't know. So what would be your neon light? Uh, to- you that bitch. Oh yeah. A lot of That's listeners that- like that on that episode.
1: Well, I know one of our faves, she gave us, we love her. Our friend over in Canada gave us wrote it on her on her mirror and some red lipstick. Like, you're that bitch. Cause you, you are be that bitch. that bitch. Be that bitch. All right. Thank you for
0: listening. As always, if you want us to discuss any topic, please feel free to slide into our DMs. If you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Sissy, I love you. Love you, too. All right, everyone. Keep on trucking and stay healthy.